Uh, we want to dive into the Word as our time is quickly passing us by. And I know you probably have things that you'd like to get done this afternoon, uh, relationships that you'd like to work on and things that you would like to participate in. So we're going to give you the whole afternoon off. So let's uh, dive into the Word. If you take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, one of my most favorite books in the Bible and chapters in the Bible and subjects in the Bible that we'll be talking about today. Uh, several years back, uh, when we were still in the old sanctuary, uh, the Lord just gave me this uh, idea. It just came from Him that uh, there's some folks in the church that have money they don't know about. And, uh, and I was bold enough to just say, okay, I believe uh, the Lord is saying that there's some of you, you have unfound money, and it's yours and, uh, and, and, and I believed it so much that I went and started researching. And I didn't know where to go, but I just was led by the Lord. And I came on this website and I started putting names in of people. The Lord was giving me their names. And, and sure enough, their names would pull up. And there was money, tens of thousands of dollars there. And I was like, wow, this, this, this is from the Lord. So it can't be a scam. So I uh, let the people know that, uh, that their names came up and... There's tens of thousands of dollars here. You know, if you want to pursue it, I can't pursue it. You have to be the person. And sure enough, they pursued it. And it was money of a, a, a spouse that had passed away and had lived in another state and had a different, uh, had some investments or something that he forgot about that came with a company he'd worked with. And uh, so he'd now passed away. So the widow was able, uh, one of the, the ladies, she was uh, able to get the money and she got up and testified about that. So... Uh, though everyone that found their unfound money were happy, I can tell you that. If you were to find out you have an extra ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars somewhere you didn't know about, would it make you happy? Okay. Well, I'm, the Lord wants me to remind you today: you got something more valuable than ten thousand dollars in a in a escrow somewhere, and it, it will bring to you in every area of your life blessings from heaven. And that's what we want to look at. We started on Wednesday night, and I thought it was going to be a Wednesday night series, but the Lord says, I want you to be diligent, and I want you to share it this morning. So we're going to kind of do a little quick review of Wednesday night. So we're going to go real, real fast. Anybody like going to roller coasters? Anybody in here ride roller coasters? Y'all don't, y'all, young people, I know y'all ride roller coasters. Nobody rides roller coasters here? One, okay, says, you girl, go girl. Yes, um, you know, some people like to click, 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 click click part. I like the woof part. That's the part I like. Well, that's kind of how we're going to go through the first part of this, and then we'll click, click, click some uh, for the second part. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. Everybody there say amen. amen. Father, we just pray now in the name of Jesus that you would use me as an instrument, Lord God, to bring your mind, your heart, your will, your word from heaven to earth. Lord, we pray a miracle would take place here. Holy Spirit, we lean on you, the author of this, your word. And as you have been the author, you're here present. We pray you would administer it supernaturally to our ears, to our understanding, into our spirit, man, so that we can truly walk out here today, Lord God, walking the word out in a supernatural way. Lord, we just give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Here, verse 5, it says, by faith, by faith. We want to stop right there. Somebody Look at somebody and say, by faith. By faith. We're talking about faith. Come on, tell them, we're talking about faith. You've got to help me educate each other. Say, so we're talking about faith. See, my mom was, uh, uh, all my life, was a kindergarten teacher, and she had a, her own kindergarten, um, and um, 
it was just a, you know, she had three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and she had teachers for all of them and, and everything. And I was talking to her yesterday, and she says, pray for me. And I said, what? She said, i got to teach Sunday school tomorrow. I said, oh, Mom, you've been teaching since I can remember. I mean, 50 years you've been a teacher. She says, I'm teaching the adult class. And I said, the adult class? I said, what is the adult class? She says, this bunch of old kids that stare at you and don't talk back. She said, I love my kids. When I talk to my kids, I, they participate, they're involved. And, uh, and so she just gave up her, her class as a bunch of old folks that just sit there and stare at you. We're young, right? We're young, amen. So we're going to talk in here. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to talk back, and we're going to participate. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Mom, I know you'll be watching this, uh, so you'll see what some old folks that still are young can act like. Praise the Lord. I shouldn't have said old folks. We're, we're okay, we'll just move on. <laughs> By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Or before he was taken, he had this testimony. So much so God wants us to know that uh, testimonies are important, Good testimonies are worthy to even uh, find record in the Bible. So God gives us his testimony. This is the testimony of Enoch, and that is he pleased God. He pleased God. And then he goes on to tell us how he pleased God. Verse 6, he says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what pleases God is faith, and our faith is that we come to God, we believe that He is, and we must believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently, underline that word if you've got your Bible, underline diligently, who diligently, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So this word diligent is very, very important because here God gives us the uh, focus of diligence. So that's what we're talking about, the power of diligence. The power of diligence. So, so we're going to do a little lesson, especially if our Regent students are here and our high school students are here and other college students are here. You're used to this. Okay, let's go to the chalkboard and let's define diligence. First, we want to define it with this definition. It's a zealous and careful nature in one's actions and works. So zeal is involved. How many of you would rather work with somebody and deal with somebody and live with somebody who's got a little zeal than some cold ice cube that you don't even know if they're breathing or not? Zeal is good. Zeal is life. It's exemplified by decisive work ethic, budgeting one's time, monitoring one's own activities to guard against laziness. How many of you know all of us, if we're left unchecked, can get lazy if we're not careful? Well, diligence helps us not become lazy, putting forth full concentration in one's work. Diligence. And, um, and if we were to apply that to the verse of Scripture, then uh, if we were to diligently seek the Lord, we're to have some zeal behind seeking the Lord uh, in budgeting our time and guarding against laziness and putting forth full concentration so that we can uh, follow the Lord and serve the Lord and honor the Lord. So uh, what, a, what a way to live our lives. Now the second part of diligence is uh, defined as a, um, we want to look at my, my, my little computer here is acting up here, so I'm going to have to depend on my overhead. Put my second one up there, and it's, uh, what is that called, a constant? Oh, then that's acting funny, too. 
Or is that my eyes? Does that look funny to y'all? I'm just checking now because it may have been my eyes. Okay. Uh, here on the screen, we've got a funny look here. Constant and earnest effort to accomplish what is undertaken called persistence, being persistent. The Lord wants us to be persistent in our pursuit of Him. And then a third, I've given us some synonyms, and that is to have zeal, to have passion, to have work ethic. And uh, so I want you to apply that to you seeking God, to have some zeal in seeking God, have passion in seeking God. I tell you what, I grew up 17 years in a church that forgot what passion in serving God was all about. And as a 17-year-old, I remember going down the Lanes Highway at 100 plus miles an hour to end my life because I believed the lie of the devil that this is all life is. God is just a thought and you've got to live through this pain by yourself and you would be better off dead. And I tried to commit suicide, but it was a right hand that came through the roof of my car and it, and it spared me and saved my life. And since then, I, I remember the next Sunday we went to that church and I told mom, it's a sin to go to this church. She said, why? She, I said, I don't know. I didn't know back then what it was, but they didn't have any zeal, I can tell you that. They were a bunch of cold stoners, you might would say. And, uh, and, and, and they felt like they did God a favor by coming their hour. And they had bells to tell you when it started when it ended, so you get in and get out in your hour. But I tell you what, for a 17-year-old that was living in an abusive situation, he didn't know, he was reaching out to a God, didn't know, didn't know about God, couldn't hear about God. And, and the people that he was supposed to be witnessing to him, the true living God that cared, it was showing that God... God was apathetic if there was even a God at all. And I tell you what, I learned that night on that Lanes Highway that there's a hand of God, there's a heart of God, there's a passion of God, there's a pursuit of God. And I came forth and I said, I died there and, and I split hell wide open. But now God's given me a new life and He is real. And I, that was since I was 17 years old. And I'm not going to go anywhere and act in any way other than my God is real because He is. He is here. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. And he's worthy to be praised. So I'm going to have some zeal and passion. And he says that about Enoch. He said, Enoch blessed me. Enoch pleased me so much that I brought Enoch unto myself that he did not even know death. He says, because this was his testimony. He was a man of faith, but not just any faith. He would diligently seek me. He had some zeal. He had some passion. He had some diligence in pursuing me. And that's what, the way I want to live my life as well. So that's the uh, synonyms that I gave you. And then the fourth one is in France or in England, back in the 18 and 1900s uh, centuries, uh, there was uh, this thing called a diligence. And a diligence was a four-wheeled stagecoach for long journeys. It was a, and, and this is called a diligence. And, uh, and it was this. If you were uh, in a diligence and you would stay with the diligence, you would reach your destination. You may go through some rocky terrain. You may go through some mountains. You climb. You may come down into some valleys. But if you'll stick with diligence, uh, the diligence will get you to your destination. And I thought that was a good picture for us that if we will diligently seek the Lord, we'll stay in diligence, we will find, we will discover, we will see the full manifest of all God has for us. Now, as a Bible student, as you are and I am, uh, we also want to look into the Greek language of diligence. If God tells us to seek uh, Him with diligence, let's see what it, He gave it to us in the original Greek language, what it means. And it comes from the word exeteo. And exeteo means to search out, to investigate, to crave, to demand, to worship. 
Diligently seek the Lord. Diligently search out, investigate, crave, demand, worship the Lord. That's what he wants us to do. Did you realize in Matthew 6 and 33 where Jesus said, Look, the world's all concerned about getting clothes and getting houses and getting cars and getting salaries and getting pension and getting all this uh, IRAs and all this stuff. He said, That's what the world's running after. That's what the world's seeking after. He said, But I'll tell you what, if you'll seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all this stuff will be added unto you. You will get divine assistance in life. And do you know that word seek? Is it underlined? Seek underlined right there. It comes from that word ekteseo. It is diligence. It is with diligence that we are to seek him. It's the very nature that he tells us. Not just seek him half-heartedly, but with zeal and passion. If we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, your love life's going to work out. Your financial life's going to work out. Your mental state's going to work out. Your health's going to work out. You just got to keep him first. That diligence is so very, very important. And I'm here to tell you what a good, good God we serve. Don't you believe the lie of the devil that, the, uh, that God wants you in the pain that you're in, that God wants you suffering the way you suffer. You remember what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29 11? He says, let me hear. He said, oh God, yes, I'll write it down. God said, write it down. So then Jeremiah writes it to us. And this is what God says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Don't you come in here telling me what I have planned for you. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. And Hebrew in proper translation would be to give you the future you hope for. And now faith is what? The substance of things hope for. It's all tied into our faith and with diligence as we seek the Lord. So here Jesus paved the way for you and me to experience all of the miraculous provision that he has for us in heaven. He wants you and me to have an abundant life. Isn't that what he said in John 10 and 10? I've come to give you life and life more abundant. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Why do we put those on God? Because the devil tricks us and we're not operating out of diligence and we get off course and we start thinking the death and the, and the destruction and the loss comes from the Lord. So now we're turning on God. Our faith is dimming our Diligence is waning because we think that comes from God. No. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Say, I receive the abundant life that Jesus has for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everything that Jesus made available to us, it's available, but it's not automatic. It's not automatic. It's available to you. Salvation is available to everyone. Healing is available to everyone. Prosperity is available to everyone. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is available to everyone. A happy married life is available to everyone. I'm telling you what, uh, righteousness is available to everyone, but it's not automatic. Everything that God has provided for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, has to be appropriated, there's that theological word, appropriated by faith. By faith! You don't just get saved. You weren't born, oh, I was born in America, I'm saved. No, you have to be born again by what? Believing that God has raised His Son, Jesus, from the dead and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And then salvation, everything provided, is yours. So all that God has for us is appropriated by faith. And now that tells us that faith is very important. And our faith has to be, have to have a characteristic. We have to have a, a, a nature about our faith, which means it has to be diligent. It has to be diligent. That means we're not on and off. We're not in and out. We're not up and down. We're not, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Oh, God will never do it. God will never do it. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. we got to be diligent. 
we got to get into the stagecoach of diligence and stay with it to get to our de destination, which means we've got to believe. We've got to believe. How do we believe? How do we get our faith strengthened? He tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. <clears throat> so what you're doing right now is you're hearing the preaching of the Word of God. Your faith, your faith in you is rising up. I'm breathing fresh breath. I'm giving oxygen to your faith. And your faith is stretching and saying, wait a minute, i got a week ahead of me. And this weakness ahead of me is going to be a good week. It's going to be a godly week. It's going to be a blessed week. It's going to be a favored week. I'm going to be healthier this week. I'm going to be more whole this week. I'm going to have more joy this week. I'm going to have more strength this week. I'm going to have open doors this week. They're going to have godly opportunities this week. It's getting better and better and better this week. That's what your faith is saying. Because I'm, I'm taking hold of everything that God has provided in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. See, that's uh, church is the birthplace of faith. This is the birthplace of faith. It's when the DNA of God comes and flows into us and He gives us that measure of faith and He then breathes life into that faith and encouragement into that faith by the preaching of His Word. As He said in Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing the Word. So if you really believe this, nobody's got to beg you to come to church. Nobody's got to try to talk you into or, or got to give you a latte to come to church. And if we got lattes out there, give me one. I'll enjoy it. But nonetheless, I'm not going to be uh, coerced to come to church because you're going to uh, do this or do that. I'm here to get my faith uh, stimulated, my faith strengthened, my faith spoken to by the Word of God. That when the Word of God comes forth in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, comes in our ear, our ear hears it, and then we say, you know, our soulish man says, I'll take it and then it deposit into that spirit man and bam the miracle working power of God is in us and working through us right then to God be the glory amen I, I told them Wednesday night I had a dream and this dream I woke up and the power was off and I overslept because the power was off it was a Sunday I had a word and I was like well you know what I started talking myself out of coming I better not go because you know I, I went to the shower and the, the water there was no water the water was off the power was off I did pay the bills I promise you and uh, and there I was and I, and this word was so in me this word was so real I said I can't hold on to this word I can't hold on to this word and there was eye boogers and my hair standing all up and and my breath was green so green it just stood in front of me I'd run into it when I'd walk out of it it didn't fall it didn't dissipate it was bad it was a bad dream and I said but I remember saying, I gotta give him this word, I gotta give this word, I gotta give this word. So I came in a bathroom and, and I and I preached the word of God. You know, I just couldn't keep it from you. And as I reflected on that dream, the thought came to me, I love it when I meet Christians who are hungry for God's word like that. Where they say, you know, I'm gonna go, you come in your pajamas if you need to. You went to Walmart in them, you just won't come here. No. <laughs> But I love it when I meet people who says, I don't care how bad my week has been. I don't care how hard the trial I've been going through. I don't care how painful my life has been. It doesn't matter what I've been through and it doesn't matter what's happening to me. Even if I do have to come in my pajamas, I'm going to be in the house of God because I need to hear a word from God. And our commitment to you from this side is we're not here to entertain you and we're not here to puff you up and we're not here to just make friends. We're here to preach the word of God that we want the main course of Christian embassy to always be the Word of God because the Word coming is going to cause our faith to rise and we can be like Enoch and we can move into a whole new level with God. Hallelujah. Man, you got to understand the Word is the sword of the Spirit. 
It is for your fighting and victory. There's a word for your family. There's a word for your marriage. There's a word for your physical body. There's a word for your healing. There's a word for your finances. There's a word for your future. You've got to know that. You've got to get a hold of that word. You've got to let, let that word begin. And it takes diligence. I wish I could say it all just happened just like that. Just like that. Oh, man, here's your miracle. Here's your breakthrough. Here's your deliverance. Here's your promotion. But no, he says diligence. And when God says he rewards, he pays, he, he shows them the reward who diligently seek him means we got to stick with this carriage when we're going through the bumps. we got to stay in the carriage of diligence and be faithful when we climb in the hill. And it looks like we'll never reach the summit. Or when we're coming down free fall thinking, man, we're going to splatter when we hit the end. we got to stick with the word no matter what the circumstances are no matter what the weather is like in our life we got to stick with the word and the word will bring the reward he says hallelujah come on somebody shout the word come on act like you're Pentecostal and shout the word hallelujah there's victory in the word come on now there's peace in the word there's healing in the word there's power in the word there's deliverance in the word there's anointing in the word there's joy in the word hallelujah and the Word creates faith. The Word stimulates faith. The Word causes our faith to arise. That's why you just don't pick any old church. Well, I go to church just because that church is close to my house. Now, Ernesto, that you, you, that, you Nina, that doesn't matter. They just move right behind the church. He said, Pastor, I got you back. <laughs> but you don't pick a church just because it's close. Just because it's got a pretty building. Just because everybody there is like you or everybody there is or, you know, the pastor is your nationality. Let me tell you what, I don't care if he or she is polka dotted as long as they got a word from God. Come on now. And in these last days, there's stress and struggles and demons after you. They're after your family. That is a reality. And you don't need another day off. You don't need another prescription. You don't need another hobby. You need a word from God that you can hold on to that word and let that word begin to work in and through your life. I asked somebody one time, why do you go to that church? They were just going on and on and on about how dead and dried up the church was. 30 years, it's just nothing moving there. So why do you go to that church? Well, my granny's buried in the graveyard behind that church. I said, I guarantee you, Granny, now that she's been in the presence of the true and the living God for these years, if she were still alive, she'd pop you upside the head and say, get out of here and go find you a real church. Somebody's telling me they, they go to this church. They said, they, they came to me, they came to one of our special services, and they said, wow, I never heard the word, never heard the word like that. I said, really? I said, do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. But we don't have the word like that in our church. I said, really? I said, well, then why do you go there? We got a slam choir. You go out there and try to fight Goliath with a slamming choir. David says, you may come at me with a spear. You may come at me with a sword and a shield, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And he took the word of the Lord that God had promised him, and he was able to take down that Goliath and take off his head. I'm telling you what, i got to be in a place where I'm getting the word. The word of God. Because the only way I can please God is to walk by faith. And I need my faith to be jarred. I need my faith to be fed. I need my faith to be challenged. I need my faith to be spoken to. I need my faith to be vibrated sometimes. Because it gets kind of stuck, you know. And the word of God starts vibrating it loose and sets it free that it can soar once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, oh man, the word is worth it. The word is worth it. 
The Word is my life. The Word is my light. The Word is my world. The Word, it gives me victory. The Word gives me faith. Hallelujah. The Word, it defeats demons. The Word, thank God for the Word of God. Hallelujah. It heals my body. It restores my soul. It gives me joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Sets my spirit free. Hallelujah. Opens the blinded eyes, raises the dead, uh, gives us destiny. The Word, the Word. Hallelujah. And you had the, the thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't go to church today. Come on now. Come on now. I don't know about you, but I need the Word. Well, I can just get it sitting back watching, eating popcorn, watching it on television. Well, you might, but I guarantee you there's greater distractions and things that's going to keep you. I like to get in the presence of the real living people of God and the, and the, and the a corporate worship that God so loves to participate in and then to hear the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I need this word. Do you need this word? If so, tell somebody, I need this word. Just look at them right now. I need this word. Now, don't beat me. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't Facebook me. Don't Twitter me. Don't, no, no tweets. Okay, leave me alone now. Email. No, no. Don't write me no notes. No. Leave me alone. Leave me alone long enough for me to receive the word. I need this word. We can tweet and we can chat and we can live stream afterwards. But right now, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I need the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what Matthew 4 and 4 records Jesus saying? Jesus said that to us, that we can't live by bread alone, but we need the word that comes from God's mouth. I am thankful for the word. See, God gave Moses a word for his family and the children of Israel. He said to them, I got salvation for your family. Put blood of a lamb on your doorpost and the lentil. And he says, when the destroyer sees the blood, he'll pass over your household. So he got a word. Moses got a word and he shared it with his people. That they, that, and it was a Passover anointing word. Do you hear me? There was a Passover anointing word. Before you leave here today, I want to speak the word of God to you. That God is giving you a Passover anointing word as well. That whatever the demons of hell and whatever Satan himself may try to bring against you to destroy you this week, that you don't have anything to worry about, you don't have anything to fret about, because you got a word from God, and that is if you'll get under the blood of Jesus, if you'll put it under the blood, that, that the enemy's got to pass over your house. He's got to pass over your body. He's got to pass over you this week. Now, when the children of Israel came to the wilderness, they, there they were, they were crying, and they were saying, oh my goodness, we've come out here, what is going to, what's going to happen to us now? They needed a pass-through anointing. So Moses went to God, and God gave, them, gave him a word. He said, tell them to quit crying, tell them to quit whining, and tell them to go forward, move forward. Do you hear what I'm saying? So the word of the Lord is still the same for you and me today. If you're facing an attack from the enemy, get under the blood. And if you're facing an experience in a wilderness where it's taken a long time for you to get through to your promises, you need to keep moving forward. You need to keep moving forward. Those are your two words. Did you get it? If the enemy's coming against you and, and he's trying to destroy you, get it under the blood. 
If it's, a, if it's pain in your body, get it under the blood. If it's a financial need, get it under the blood. If it's a relational problem, get it under the blood. Get it under the blood of Jesus, and the enemy's going to have to pass over. He's not going to be able to mature that, that process of destruction in your life. And if you're in a wilderness where you're trying to stay in diligence, you're in that stagecoach, you're trying to get to your promised land, and it's not coming as quick as you thought it would, and the devil's trying to tell you to abandon the ship and to just turn and try something else, I hear a word from the Lord to you is move forward. Keep going forward. Keep pressing in and you're going to have the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth as your assistance that was going to bring you through. Hallelujah. We have to understand that faith is progressive. It's not standing still. Faith never gets into a bad situation and says, well, I'll just stay here and die. That's not the language of faith. See, faith never settles in the wilderness when everything is drying up. Faith never pulls out its party hats and its party favors and says, I'm just going to have a pity party. Anybody in here had the tendency or the temptation to have a pity party lately? Well, let me tell you why that's not the language of faith. Faith never says everything in my life is so messed up, I'm just going to give up. That's not faith. Faith is progressive. That, that, that's why the Word of God says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. So if you're in a wilderness, hear the Word of the Lord for you today. You cannot stop. You cannot lie down. You cannot stay there. You cannot die there. You cannot give up. You must hear the Word of the Lord. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. When you get into your battles, you've got to say, I'm, I'm going to keep moving forward. You may have just got laid off, but say, I'm going to move forward. God, you're going to either give me a higher position, they're going to rehire me at a better pay, or you're going to give me a new job, but I'm not going to stay here. Faith is taking me into the provision that God has for me. You may have just gotten a bad report from a doctor, and, and, and the doctor says, there's nothing else we can do. There's nothing. You're in a bad, bad physical place. Faith does not just receive that. Faith says, I'm going to go forward, that by His stripes I am healed, that I'm going to take hold of the stained, the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to take hold of the hem of His garment, and I'm not. I'm holding on to the covenant of healing that God has for me, that He took those stripes for my healing, and I keep moving forward. My kids are going crazy. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my house. I'm losing my kids. You know what? Keep the family moving forward in faith. See, faith talks like that. Faith talks back. Faith has attitude if it's got some diligence there because the diligence says, I'm going to crave, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to keep a zeal, I'm going to keep a passion for the things of God because if I'll seek first, if I'll diligently seek first the kingdom of God, I usher in divine assistance and I need divine assistance. I need a healing. I need a promotion. I need some deliverance. Hallelujah. And it's all available from God through faith. See, faith has its own language. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. Faith says, keep on moving. This is not it. This is not abundant life. Keep moving. If it's abundant life, then you might want to camp there for a season. But if it's not the promises of God fulfilled in your life, keep moving. They're ahead. They're on, they're, you may be at Kadesh Barnea, but keep moving. Go north. They're there. The promises of God. The Jordan River may be flooding. Keep moving. Even step into the Jordan River while it's flooding, and you'll see the miracle a hand of God hold the water back to dry the land so that you can move into your promises. You've got divine assistance. 
You're not in this life by yourself when you're operating by faith. Oh, that we would get a determination deep, deep down in us. A pass-through anointing that says whatever happens is going to happen, but that's not going to stop me from moving forward. I'm walking by faith. Send the wind and the waves, and if I have to walk on the water, that's been done before too. Do you hear what I'm saying? Put me in the grave, I'll come out, just like Lazarus. That's happened too. That's why I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are my brothers, I tell you. I used to say they're my first cousins, but they're closer than my first cousins. These are my brothers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love these guys. The king says, bow or die. They said, well, we're not going to bow, and we're not going to die. The king says, my language is that I'm the highest power in the land. Some of you today, you're like all up in nerves because powerful positions are going to be changing here this week. And you're thinking, oh, that's the last say. That's not the last say. Do you hear what I'm talking about? The most powerful man in the world says bow or die. That's your two choices. And they said, well, we've got some other choices. I didn't give them to you. They said faith gave them to us. And that is, we'll not bow and we'll not die. But I said, bow or die. They said, faith says, don't bow and live. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't just take what's uh, uh, shoveled to you. You're supposed to be the change agent. The church is supposed to be coming against the gates of hell, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, he says, and, and, and seek my face, he says, will I not hear from heaven and heal their land? The healing that's coming to this land is con uh, 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 on, hinging on the people of God. And we're looking to Washington for it. We're looking to our state capitals for it. Come on now. He says, God says, let the faithful rise up. Let the men and women of faith usher in the hand of God. And the hand of God can turn the king. Come on now. Hallelujah. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are my brothers. They are. I'm telling you, they had faith talk. They said God is able to deliver. And I like their faith talk. Because they have such diligence. They said, even if it doesn't work out the way we think or hope it will work out, we're still not going to bow. That's diligence. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Because you got a dose of easy believism that you're just going to name it, claim it, grab it, blab it, and it's just blab it, grab it, and it's just like that, 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 that. I'm trying to get to the place that happens for me, okay? But I'm telling you, there's times when I say, yes, and I'm moving forward, and the wall doesn't move. The opposition gets more intense. I don't know. If, maybe it's just me. You're, you're all more holy and got your stuff together, but... But for me, personally, sometimes I'll say, devil, get out of the way, and, and, and he brings in more demons. And, and it seems like the situation gets worse. But my brothers, they're not my cousins, they're my brothers, okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, God is able. Our faith is in his ability. And even if it doesn't work, he doesn't work it out on the time schedule or exactly through circumstantially the way we, we think or hope he'll do it, we still stick in with him. That's diligence. We're still sticking with him. We're staying in diligence to stagecoach because we know the stagecoach is going to bring us safely through. We don't know how it's all worked out. We got no precedent to go back and read on, but that's what we know by faith. Okay. Now, you and I, come on now. Look at somebody and say, wake up. Come on. Wake up. We've got the precedent. We've got the stories. We've got my brother's uh, testimonies. Come on. They didn't have that. 
And if they could do what they did without the testimony and without the precedence, how much more should we be encouraged with the Word of God to be able to stand with God and to move through whatever fiery circumstance there is in order to see the miracle of God. Hallelujah. Well, you know the story. Sometimes hotter. The guards open it up. They, boom, instantaneous fireballs. They, they exploded. That's how hot it was. Now, you know the devil was working all this out to put these bound brothers of mine into great fear and doubt and unbelief. Here are the men that's supposed to throw them in are screaming. You ever see anybody on fire? It's not a beautiful sight, I can tell you that. They're running, they're screaming. They, same thing I would do. I mean, they're, the pain, to, they're doing everything. You're supposed to drop and roll. The Bible didn't say they dropped and rolled. They just burst into flames. But they're probably screaming, and it's a, it's a smelly and visibly hard sight. And that's what, they've got to step over those charred bodies to get into this. And the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he says, whoa, and behold, wait a minute. Didn't we cast three bound men in? What I see is four loose men, and they're walking. They're walking. And the fourth looks as though he's, that's the Son of God. Let me tell you what, if you want Jesus to show up, even in physical form if need be, in your circumstance or situation, you've got to stick with diligence. They had to step over, and as they stepped over, the fire burnt the ropes off of their hand. They could have run. They could have done anything, but no. They said, if i got to go through this, God's going to go through it with me. He's going to bring me through it safely. They came out on the other side without a hair hinge, without the smell of smoke, even on their clothes, and Jesus was right there with them. Come on, we've got to become diligently seeking the Lord. We've got to become men and women of diligence that's going to stay with God even when it gets hot, when it gets hard, when it gets tough. And we say, I'm not backing down. How many of you have heard this before? Somebody, oh, they go to church. Somebody loves God. Somebody seems to be a great Christian, but boy, something bad happens. Next thing you know, they're cursing God. It's like Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Why don't they curse Satan? Who, who damns Satan? I never hear that. They don't want to curse my God. They won't curse the one that kills, steal, and destroy, the one that gives abundant life. Because the enemy's always trying to get us to turn on God. Because without the miracle intervention of God, the devil has the upper hand. But we're not placed here to be a people dependent on, the, on the, just the physical things of this earth. We are supernatural beings. We are born again of the Spirit of God. We have the very nature and Spirit of God in us. What Jesus did, he said, we can do an even greater works with the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what, we've got to hold on to our heritage. We've got to hold on to our identity. We've got to hold on to our God. Don't turn your back on God. The pain's getting worse. Turn towards God. The funds are getting lower turn towards God. The mess is getting crazier. Turn towards God. Don't blame God. Run to God. Learn to discipline your diligence and stick with Him. No matter if it's high or if it's low, stick with Him. Whether there's funds or no funds, stick with Him. Don't back away from your supernatural source. Hallelujah. How many of you know that's true? Say amen. amen. I like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Walking through this thing. They had to pass through anointing. Oh, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint somebody right now with a pass-through anointing. Lord God, they're not going to stay where they're at. They're not going to live where they're at. They're not going to have to endure this for the rest of their life. They're just passing through it. They're passing through it. I pray right now 
Lord God, that they would, their faith would arise and they would, their feet would begin to but just begin to want to walk in place even while they're sitting there because they can see it in their mind. I'm going to walk through this thing. I'm going to walk up out of this valley. I'm going to walk up out of this trial. I'm going to walk up out of this pain. I'm going to walk up out of this loss. I'm going to walk up out of this in the name of Jesus. And that right diligence right now, God, would bring the reward of your supernatural presence, Lord. As you came alongside Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you'd come alongside them even now, Lord God, to walk with them through this thing to bring them into the fullness of that which you have. Hallelujah. Pastor anointing, I release it to you right now if you'll receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give me just, just, a, just a few more minutes here because I want to uh, kind of wrap this up with this. We have musicians in the house saying make their way while I'm wrapping things up here. He says here in Hebrews 11 and 6, that second verse that we opened up with, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You know what it says? He is. He is what? What is he? Why does it stop there without describing what he is? I believe because faith leaves you a blank check. I, was, I went to Bible college, sold everything I had, went to Bible college. I got there. I had thousands of dollars in the bank. The Lord says, I want you in a chapel service. I want you to give away 90% and live on 10%. I got something to teach you. And I want you to give it away without any, whoever you give it to, they won't know it came from you. So I'm sneaking around giving away uh, tens of thousands of dollars. And, and if, what a blessing it was. Got down to 10% living on that. And uh, in this dormitory, I don't like... Uh, Buildings without air conditioning. If you'll notice, I got a vent right under here designed specially by me to have an air conditioner, even if y'all got heat. Hallelujah. I, I just don't I like air conditioning. That, whoever came up with the air conditioning, they, they, that was a Holy Ghost. That was a Holy Ghost thing. Just for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I was in a dormitory that was overcrowded and they had no AC and it was quite miserable and humid in South Carolina and... Uh, but God called me to Bible college. I'm there to study his word. And I've gone through this exercise, given everything away. And, uh, you know, and then the Lord, the, the phone rings. The, the weeks and weeks have gone by. Phone rings. And long story short, uh, my mom's sister and her husband had gotten a word from God that they were to expand their home for their son, bring a son in. They didn't have a son, but they were to bring a son in. So they're looking for a son. So the Lord leads them to me, and I end up going there for lunch and I get there, and, and they live in this mansion that sits up on this real high hill and has a steep driveway. So I'm driving up to this thinking, wow, I'm so nervous. You know, I grew up on a farm. This was a little out of my, uh, you know, my, my taste, or, or not, my, not my taste, but my experience. But I went in, and uh, as I went in this beautiful home and this curved stairway and all this stuff, I'm just standing there, and I'm like, I can't touch anything. It's like a museum. And they're like, oh, come on in and sit down. And we had lunch. Long story short, and I keep saying that, but I keep getting longer. And um, they invited me to come live with them. They said, the whole West Wing here, all these bathrooms, bedrooms, and all. He said, this whole end, we have nobody here. That's yours if you'll come live with us. So I go back to the, the dean, and the dean says, uh, no, you're not uh, married, so you have to live on campus. That's the rules. And uh, I don't know if I gave him the look or the Holy Ghost just nudged his heart. He said, but we'll make an exception. If you can get out uh, right at 3 o'clock when the guys go to work, period, and they're not in the dorm, so they can't ask you where you're going. He said, if you can get out that quick, he says, I'll let you go. Well, at 3.15, I was gone. It was over. It was over. <laughs> if I left anything, it got left behind. 
And uh, so for six, uh, right at seven years, I got to live in, with them. They treated me better than their own son and, um, and took me on my first vacation, went to Disney World, and t- took me to New York City and took me here to Regent. Uh, it was called Christian uh, CBN University at the time. I stood on the campus and the Lord said, one day you'll attend this school. I was standing there, just the Holy Spirit was just pulsating through me, and I was just crying by myself, and the Lord said, you'll one day come and you'll study here. And uh, do you know that's how I got here to start Christian Embassy, was coming to finish my degree at Regent University many, many, many years later. But uh, all, all of that came, and I got rewarded with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of blessings over those seven years living with them, so much so their last name is Morgan, and they had no son to carry on their name, and I told my uncle, I'll name my daughter Morgan, your name will live another generation, that's how special and precious they are, and uh, what I learned, it was just like God gave me a blank check, he gave me a blank check, anything I could believe him for and diligently hold on to, he would make it happen, he would make it happen, so I believe that's why when I was praying about this, he said, you know, Lord, you said that we must believe that you, he is, he is what? He said, if you need money, I'm money, if you need a counselor, I'm your counselor, if you need a healer, I'm your healer. If you need provision, I'm your provider. If you need a mountain moved, I'm your mountain mover. If you need a burden taken care of, I'm a burden bearer. If you need a lawyer, you need a judge, you need a way maker, I'm a way maker. He said, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. If you'll believe it diligently, keep it and cash it, he says, I'll show up. I'll show up. And he has all of these years and he will for me do for me what he'll do for you because he's no respecter of persons. He is a rewarder. He is pays. He rewards. He pays. He gives recompense to those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. And I'm here to remind you today that God wants you to seek him. And I just want you to see that. He didn't say he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and find him, which is what I used to believe. He says for just seeking him. So you don't have to fall out in the spirit or have a Holy Ghost raptured moment in order to say, whoa, I had that glorious moment. Now I can expect something from God. All of that's good. And I want to be right there with you when you're doing it. But let me tell you what. You don't have to find him. He said, if you would just diligently seek after me, crave, be zealous for me. He said, I'll reward you. I'll reward you. I'm here to encourage somebody that's been discouraged. I'm here to encourage somebody that's been discouraged. The enemy has been trying to discourage you and tell you God's not going to come through for you. He's been trying to tell you, the enemy's trying to tell you it's not going to work out for you. And he's trying to show you other cases where people went down and gave up. And and they were good, godly people. But let me tell you why. Don't let the enemy steal your diligence in seeking the Lord. You keep your focus on him. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's your God. Turn your face towards him. Turn your heart towards heaven. And let your faith hold on and take hold of everything that God has for you. And say, it's mine. It's mine, not because of how good I am, but because of how good he is. It's mine because of Jesus. And I got his word and his word, his word, his word. If I get a word, hold on to the word. If I get the word, the word will work. Hallelujah. For those who will diligently seek him, he has reward. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we just want to stand in your presence, Lord God. And as we stand in your presence, Lord, we know that there's a pass-through anointing. 
And there's a Passover anointing released in this house today, Lord God. And Lord God, you're speaking encouragement and you're speaking life and you're lifting up our spirit, man, that this word will cause our faith to arise, that we could walk in the pleasure of the Lord this week. We can declare your word. We can declare your purpose over our life. Lord, you're preparing us for an awesome week. You're preparing us for a miracle of a manifest week. You're preparing us for a heaven on earth week. You're preparing us today, God. We thank you. We praise you. We bless you for it. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord God. And we're not going to let go of your word. We're going to hold on to your word. We're going to declare your word. We're going to pursue your word. We're going to share your word with others as we go into this week, Lord. Now, as we're here in a very prayerful state with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to stand in agreement with me right now. I came in here discouraged. I came in here not knowing what this week was going to hold. I came in here hurting. I came in here with loss. I came in here not knowing how I'm going to pay the bills. I came in here with my kids acting crazy. I came in here not knowing if I was going to keep serving Lord or not. I came in here with struggles. I came in here with challenges. The devil's been heating up the fiery furnace in my life. And I needed a word. Because my faith was waning. My faith was becoming discouraged. And I didn't realize that I'm the couple with my faith diligence. I needed this word. I received this word. And I'm leaving here walking this word out in Jesus' name. I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to just raise your hand. Lord God, you see these hands right now. I want you to keep them up as, as kind of like a, a lightning rod. I'm just going to pray right now with your hands up. Right now, you need something from heaven. You need a miracle right now. You need the power of God right now. You need a breakthrough right now. You need the supernatural touch from God right now. With your hands lifted up, I just pray right now. God, you see these hands. You see these hands, Lord God. Let the power of heaven begin to surge through these lightning rods that are reaching up to you. Let the power of God begin to surge into their heart, into their life, turning every cellular structure in their body touched by the miracle touch of heaven right now Lord God bring the healing power bring the deliverance power bring the uh, pass through anointing bring the Passover anointing right now right now in the name of Jesus touch every one of them touch every one of them pour into their life Lord God help them turn that thing around in the name of Jesus bring about the deliverance bring about the supernatural uh, glory the glory yes fill this house fill it Lord as those hands are lifted up I just pray right now that would be a cry to heaven Fill this house. Fill this house with your anointing. Fill this house, this temple, this body with your Holy Ghost. Fill this house with your blessing. Fill this house with your power. Fill this house with your love. Fill this house with your healing. Fill this house, God. Fill it, fill it, fill it even now. Let the power of heaven come down on each and every one of us and be raised up in and through each and one of us that we might go forth in the glory of God bringing glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to our God. Touch each one, we pray, even now, in Jesus' name. Say, I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah.